Hello. Um, thanks, Matt, for the introduction. I don't have to do much of that. <laughs> um, yes, my name's Adam McDade. My background in academic training is in illustration and design. Um, and I began my tattoo apprenticeship in May 2017 in Sunderland at Triple Six Studios. Um, and that was the partner organisation of my PhD research, which I started later that year. Um, completed that in 2021, and as has been introduced, uh, currently I'm an independent researcher and tattooist at Flesh in Manchester. Um, my research is really about um, contemporary Western tattooing in a sort of post 2010 period, I suppose, so post Instagram and post 2005 Miami Inc., where people started to now devise tattoos, as Matt has already introduced. Uh, the context of my research, um, disciplinary perspectives, looking at tattooing um, so far um, can kind of be categorized into these four. And the focus point um, is sort of the, the inside of these coloured bits. Um, so if it's sciences, mainly um, social sciences, might be tattooed people, motivations, identity, that sort of thing. Um, economics, industry, history, so culture and context, and anthropology, um, which is more the social production. So my research, it would have been practice-based, um, it was in design. Central to all of these disciplines, but otherwise quite absent from, is tattoo practice and the role of the tattooist. And to use practice as a like makes sense if you're going to look at um, a way to understand what that role is. The tattooist has been in fitting with this conference marked out. So some of the existing relevant literature, Matt um, produced quite a lot already, but. The um, book on the left, Bad Boys and Tough Tattoos by Sam Stewart. Um, so that looks at the tattooist, but it is um, not uh, <laughs> um, representative of today. And it's um, like kind of just like reading Bukowski, but a bit better written. Um, it's not like the same sort of academic lens, despite it being written by an academic. Um, Clinton Sanders and Angus Vale, originally customising the body, published in 1989, gives a good social overview of the Taoist's role, but it's methodolo methodologically limited because it's not by a practitioner. A more updated version, um, to some extent, David Lane, um, 2020, this kind of went under my radar, but I came across it recently. Um, it's sort of the same in, in that it's um, a social account of tattooing, but the methodological limitations are still there. So you've read this quote already in the previous presentation, that's Sam Stewart, guy who wrote Bad Boys and Tough Tattoos. Tattooing is one subject that to be written about, demands a plunge into the waters, not a comfortable observer's beach chair at the side of the ocean. And then Clinton Sanders and Angus Vale, second book there, um, they discuss how there's a discomfort in reducing content um, of real people doing real things to um, simplifying constraints of sociology. So my methodology, or the one that I utilise, seeks to address that um, by utilising tattoo practice and um, an older ethnographic approach. Um, it just makes sense to do that because of the limitations that exist in the other literature. And 
the thing that I'm really going to be talking about is the Taoist role and the non-material facet. Um, if you can think of the Taoist role as um, the provision of medium in the material sense, the visible sense, or the um, the yang, if this is a yin yang, the yang, the thing that we can see, um, that the authorship is contingent dependent on the particular brief, on um, what the um, how much input the Taoist has, and that can be sort of put across in this framework or this idea um, presented on the right there, the material role, somewhere between craftsperson on one side and visual artist on the other, that differs um, depending on the brief. Um, and you can see more of that if you wanted to in Tattooed Bodies, which um, came out uh, last year. Um, I've wrote a chapter on that in there. But to deal with the non-material facet, the provision of service, I propose it to be, um, the yin, the invisible side, um, autoethnographic accounts of practice are quite valuable. So autoethnography, if anyone doesn't know, I didn't know until I started my PhD, the most cited definition is this. Autoethnography is an approach to research and writing that seeks to describe and systematically, systematically analyze personal experience in order to understand cultural experience. So it's sort of like long form written accounts um, that are put use, put yourself within and against the culture rather than looking at it in a typical ethnographic sense. Um, so I wrote six accounts um, between 2018 and 2020 um, of my tattoo practice where I feel like I had what's called epiphanies, so understanding of what my role really is and how it's um, sort of relating to this idea of the provision of service. And then I analysed them thematically in a software called Envivo and categorised them in different ways, which I'm going to go into. So it's important to sort of state my positionality before discussing the themes. There are limitations to ethnography, of course, and it gets a lot of criticism um, for being self-indulgent, so you have to sort of, you know, make sure that you're representing others besides the self. Um, so me as a white cisgendered male working class background living and working at the time in the post-industrial <coughs> northeast area of England with no academic training in sociology whatsoever just an illustration um, that has um, an impact on what's being found um, to some extent but I've tried to make it more broad by including um, well sort of by looking at content of interviews with tattooists on, online and in books um, as well as being embedded within a studio of like 12 different Taoists and also um, through interviews in New York and um, London with people of different identities to see how much it can be represented. So going back to this non-material facet, this black part, um, I propose that to be understood as it, three central themes really, um, each of which have two characteristics. And I'm going to explain each one of them one by one by utilizing the autoethnography or excerpts to sort of give examples of what that is. So conscious canvas um, is about adjustments that have to be done um, in relation to the client in two different ways. So um, because Tattooing is on people, it's sentient, unlike illustration, which is on paper, or design, which is on a screen sometimes. Um, 
and you have to adjust how you behave for one client versus another as part of the role. So in the first example, I was tattooing an 18-year-old girl and you have to, um, I've had to sort of act different if I was tattooing a friend who have, like, who's in their 30s who I've tattooed like, multiple times before. My way of behaving is different in that case. Um, in the second example, I was tattooing um, matching tattoos in memorial of um, someone who'd um, committed suicide on um, two relatives. So my um, demeanour, everything that I sort of present to the client has to shift in accordance to that to make it suitable. Um, similarly again with the adjustment side of things, um, my process might differ as well. So. I have aesthetic sensibilities as a creative that I would probably you know, prefer to do a certain tattoo in a certain way, but the clients might not want that, so I have to offer different options, even if I think aesthetically it will give a not as good result. The second um, theme is navigating tension. So tattooing is done generally in a studio environment. Studios tend to take either a percentage of um, the earnings or you pay rent in the one that I worked at, it's a percentage of the earnings. So when you're um, new to tattooing, there's a lot more nerves. I'm a nervous person anyway, so that sort of amplified it a little bit. And you might be less likely to want to take on tattoo jobs if you don't feel like you can do a good job of it, but there's a studio pressure in order to do that because they need to make their cut. Um, and you're also working along people who are you know, very good and competent and you don't want to reveal your insecurities, so there's tension that exists there. So in some of these accounts, I sort of speak about that. Um, and in the second um, quote here, um, you sometimes if you feel like it's not going well, you might want to, or you want to sort of call it short to finish a tattoo at a later date, you might want to reduce the price, but the studio are expecting a certain amount, so there's tension that can exist in, in that. And the second facet is um, the tension that can exist with a client, so tattooing being durational and intimate and conversational as a sort of quality. Um, you, you'll talk to everyone or you'll gauge if they want to talk when tattooing. So tattooed one guy who, um, when I was um, asking about where he's from, he said that he didn't like it because it had, in quotes, a big Asian problem. As I was doing that, I found myself um, going in really, really hard with the needle <laughs> and um, I had to pull back when I realised how much he was excessively bleeding. And yeah, that was sort of a big moment for me in terms of thinking like what's you know, I need to be aware of this, just because I don't like someone doesn't mean I can inflict pain for its own sake. Um, and then similarly, if you're tattooing someone and it's painful, and then you're like asking, are you okay? Does that hurt? Are you, do you want to break? And they're like, no, just get on with it. Like there's tension there, you don't want to irritate at the same time. And then, I mean, all of these themes sort of overlap into each other to some extent. But the last one is, um, a title person, not just practitioner. So there's a reconciliation of personal and professional that has to be done sometimes within um, practice. Um, again, because it's painful, durational, functionally intimate. Um, and this account um, that I'm going to just quickly read from 
is a good example of that. Um, as a generally introverted and self-aware 29-year-old heterosexual male based in the post-industrial town of Sunderland, tattooing an 18-year-old female who I have never met and is getting her first tattoo in the knowledge that I am an apprentice carries a certain gravity. In addition to executing a tattoo, I am also required to bypass my social anxiety, addressing the client in an appropriate manner so as not to patronise her due to the age gap, while simultaneously ensuring her comfort. I must touch her for a prolonged period of time in a manner typically reserved for traditional forms of intimacy, being careful not to make her feel uncomfortable and explain the necessity of my conduct. So that's stuff that you're just not going to like come across when you look at a picture of a heart on a wrist, which is what that tattoo was of, but it's part of the role and it's quite an important part. Um, Another one where um, you feel sort of, you know, yourself comes into it is um, when tattooing, this, this account was from tattooing someone on the chest um, and it was, uh, again, sort of a memorial tattoo despite being a big sort of illustrative piece and not feeling confident in the output and feeling distressed when you empathise with this client who you spent quite a lot of time with at this point are causing pain and not feeling confident in what that output will be. All of that sort of stuff has to be reconciled when you're trying to be professional and personal as part of your profession. And then the second um, aspect of it I've put as presence of self within practice. So sometimes that just spills over. There's no way to sort of divide that. Um, take it home with you. So um, the account that I've quoted from here. Um, Again, it, it was another sort of memorial tattoo. I think it was just a bit of a dog, actually. It wasn't a person, but it was the person who I was tattooing was... Um, um, she had sort of a few difficulties in her life, and she was telling me about those. And that makes you reflect not just on, on um, your, like... You're not just taking that home with you for like a memory from the day, but you've also like, it makes you reflect on sort of broader existential issues that I think is um, quite unique to the medium. Um, and yeah, kind of broader sort of views on life. Um, and it's not just me again who has had this experience. I've sort of been in tattoo studios when um, some of my colleagues have had to go into the bathroom and cry after doing a tattoo on someone who's maybe getting a memorial piece or if they've had a difficult time with a client who's not been um, particularly um, pleasant to them in various ways. Um, so despite the differences, I think the framework for understanding can be applied, but more you know, research from other people besides a straight white male is probably needed. Um, hopefully the if findings would be able to be inserted into that framework, but if not, it could be adjusted and to make a sort of a broader representation of that. And I think the potential implications of thinking about tattooing in that way, as I think Matt's already sort of outlined that, but um, I also would like it to be introduced into creative industries as a discipline, um, not taught discipline in a university, but understood as one because of my experience teaching. So many people in illustration and design courses want to be tattooists, but how can they possibly understand what it entails if they don't have this aspect of um, the content available to them? Um, yeah, and then those images are just superfluous pictures of tattoos I've done.